and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Sound and Country Highland Estate Agents, with myself, Steve Nussbaum. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, South Dan Chum, bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o. And I might just point out, we're Zooming this one tonight, in case anyone's wondering why I might sound muffled, or not as clear as what I normally do. But anyway, I'm joined by the wonder that is... Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you, you wonderful human being. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number 302. And yeah, unfortunately, uh, I have a sicky bug in my house. Steve uh, has had it in his. So it is better tonight that we are uh, separated. But thanks to everyone who's tuned into our last show, which was a couple of weeks ago now. We had last week off because obviously there was FA Cup action, which we were obviously not involved in. But this week, we'll bring you up to speed with all the news that's happened over the last couple of weeks. Not a lot, but enough to... Uh, that you may have missed. Uh, we're also going to review our compelling win against Bradford this weekend as well. So I guess without further ado, let's just crack on. And as always, we start with a word from our sponsor. You certainly do. So covering London, Essex and Hertfordshire Town and Country, Harlow Estate Agents are run by two Orient season ticket holders and also some fellow fans. And along with the podcast, have already helped quite a few people now move home. And the best bit is they offer all Orient fans and staff a hefty discount from their already competitive fees. So if you're thinking of selling your property or just curious as to its value, you can save yourself at least a few hundred quid by keeping it in your own family. Give them a call on 01279 or 07528471497 or you can contact the team who are on Twitter. They can be found at TNC Harlow as well as Charlie, who can be found at Charlie underscore Paul, which is P-O-O-L-E. And town and country, as we say every week, don't just sell houses, they also change lives. Very good indeed. Supporters Club update for you. On Saturday the 10th of December, we're travelling to Crew. Coaches are leaving at 7 o'clock. That's extra early because this is a 1 o'clock kickoff. Crew is a 1 o'clock kickoff. It's changed to obviously take into account the fact that England are playing uh, in the evening. Uh, adults travelling uh, will have to pay £40. Concessions are 37 Children aged 15 or under are going to be just £20. Remember, those prices... Do not include your match day ticket. You need to buy that separately. So to book onto that, you need to call the travel line now on 07507 539 579. They've also got their famous beer festival featuring ales from the Mighty Oak Brewery. That's going to be held on Thursday the 8th of December. So that's this coming Thursday if you're listening early enough in the week. The doors are going to be opening at 4 o'clock. Entry is free for everyone. And they're also going to be giving away their usual complimentary mince pie. So all the usual lagers, wines and spirits are also on offer. So if you don't fancy the ale, you can still enjoy your favourite tipple. So get yourself down to the Supporters Club this Thursday, the 8th of December, for their Christmas beer festival. Otherwise, call the travel line to book for crew to get on the coach for crew this Saturday. Great stuff. So, like Paul said in his intro, no podcast last week, so we've got a fortnight to cover. And no news from the club on Happy Monday the 21st, who ate Tuesday the 22nd, or Wednesday the 23rd. So we'll go straight into Thursday the 24th of November, and we'll wish all our American listeners a very, very happy Thanksgiving to everyone who was celebrating. We all hope you had a fantastic day. Yeah, the club 
uh, also on that day, announced its October Goal of the Month nominations. And up for the uh, award was Paul Smith for his bicycle kick against Doncaster, Theo Archibald for his goal against Carlisle, that sublime chip if you remember, Ruel Satoru's close-range half-folly against Gillingham, and Paul Smith again against Salford, his solo effort where he went went to ground, he was bundled to the ground, he didn't get the penalty but jumped up straight away, carried on, and managed to score that goal. And for me, I think it will be, at the time I write in this, obviously, it will be Paul Smith's goal against Doncaster Rovers. But look, they're all worthy contenders. The one man who misses out is uh, Tom James. His one-man competition is over due to receiving no nominations. Yeah, I think I completely agree with you. Some good goals in there. Theo's chip against Carlisle was exquisite. Superb, Paul yeah. Most other months takes it, but only ever going to be one winner in that one and that is Smithy against Doncaster which we'll come back to a bit later on in the podcast so Friday the 25th of November and a very special birthday in the house as big T-Dog Ken T turned 60 years old so Ken we love you we hope you're having a great time in the UK at the moment and we hope you had a wonderful 60th birthday all the best from us are on Outlook podcast hours. Amen to that. Paul Smith's season continued to flourish as he was awarded the Skybet League 2 Goal of the Month Award for October for his acrobatic bicycle kick against Doncaster Rovers. And obviously that's different um, to uh, the club's one because that is for the whole of Skybet League 2. So well done, Paul Smith. What a month Paul Smith what, had. What a, what a season the guy's having. So far. Long way yeah. in. We're only 20 games in. Coach. Yeah. Fingers crossed. So, Saturday, the 26th of November, the Young O's were in action as the Big O's weren't. So, the Young O's were played away at AFC Wimbledon. We're going to give you the lineup now. We're going to start trying to give a bit more content around the youth and their lineup. So, lining up for the youth team, we had Phillips, St. Louis, Agimang, Ojo, Chinidu, Nalo, Karoma, Pegram, Davies, Clements, and Smith Kawazi with Swarder, Agustinis, Welch, and Samuel on the bench. Yeah, unfortunately, the Young O's lost the match 3-1. Uh, and at 2-0 down, Davies got, did get the O's back into it, but Wimbledon got a third late on to kill the game. And unfortunately, that is how the game finished. So unlucky to the Young O's. Yeah, so Sunday, the 27th of November, last Sunday, the ladies' team were in action against Civil Service. And they lined up as follows. I mean, uh, we'll go through their lineup as well to try and get their names in our heads a bit more and get their names a bit more familiar with some of our listeners. In goal, there was, and I may say this wrong, Durajayi. Durajayi, yeah. Yeah, not bad. Well Hunt, Warsfold, Heath, Miller, Collins Edwards, Linney, Chitete, Samuel Riro. I think I'm not sure about that one. If I'm getting this wrong, any, any ladies who plays who are listening, please feel free to correct me. Taylor Newsom, Copeland, and Almeida. On the bench was Alexander, Williams Perry, Feldman, and Roman. Uh, very good, very good. Unfortunately, the game ended in a 1-0 defeat for the ladies. The only goal of the game coming from the penalty spot. So, unlucky to the ladies' side there. So, let's move on to Monday the 28th. Yeah, happy Monday indeed on the 28th. Quiet day at the club, no news report. So, we'll move on to Tahuwe Tuesday, the 29th of November. Yeah, the five-year anniversary that Justin Edinburgh was named Orient Manager. The club announced that head coach Richie Wellens has committed his future to the club by signing a new contract. That will see him tied to the O's until the end of the 2025 season. Yeah, so Richie uh, was interviewed. He said, I think the club is going in the right direction. It's a pleasure to work for the owners and the board. 
as well as the staff and the players here. For me, it was an easy decision. We now need to kick on and achieve what is our ultimate aim. I felt the warmth since day one, so I just want to ask the supporters to keep on supporting me and the team and backing us in your numbers. It feels good, like we can achieve something special together, so just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, Director of Football Martin Ling said results have been unbelievable since he stepped through the door, both at the back end of last season and how we've started this season. But it's more than that. The way that the football side of the club now functions is second to none and we're very pleased to have him commit to us and buy into our longer term plan. Mr Nussbaum, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, there's only going to be one kind of way of thinking around this really, isn't there? Like, it's fantastic news. Uh, I went on a podcast this morning for a crew uh, podcast and said exactly the same about Richie, like the transformation from him arriving uh, back earlier in 2022 to where we are now was quite formidable, really. Like he's really turned the club around both on uh, and off the pitch. So very, very uh, happy with that. I mean, in his, and I saw this stat on a Twitter account, uh, in his 32 games as Orient boss, He's averaged 2.12 points per game, which is, quite frankly, an absolutely ludicrous stat to have. Uh, and he's been great. You know, he's, he's really kind of developed his relationship with fans. Well, I think Kenny Jacket let himself down multiple times. Yeah. Uh, he's got the team playing on the pitch. He's, he seems to have a great relationship. The team seems to have a great bond. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic news. And, you know, if I was a chairman about to set my manager in the championship or League One, I wouldn't be looking too far away from Richie. And to be fair, if a championship club want Wellens enough or a League One club want him enough, they'll get him, right? Because if they throw enough money at it, some, at some point it will stick. So I guess it just guarantees that if a big, big club does come in for him and he wants to go, not saying he would ever go, but if that was ever to happen, that would be fully compensated. But great news for everyone at the yeah. club. But you'd obviously not want the compo, you'd want the man instead of the money. So, Oh yeah, you, you know, obviously would, but you know, if the championship club came in for him and got to speak to him, I, I, and again, I always said this with Justin, you, you would never begrudge an, an orient manager who had taken you to promotion or got you into a great position any any bit for luck. Same with any players, right? If a big club came in for any of your big players, you wouldn't want them to go, but if they did, you'd wish them the best. Like, last example I can think of, probably Mo for big, big money. I know Bond and Corona since then have gone. It's a big, big money to a bigger club. Mm. Moe went to Bradford, right, which was a, a horrible move. No one wanted him to go. He, could, he was still young. Goes to one of our main rivals, but everyone wished him well. And I'd obviously do the same if that's ever transpired with any of our players or Richie. But look, Richie says he wants to settle down. We've given him that kind of place to do so. He's done a great job. So hopefully he's here for many more years to come. But, you know, we all know how football works, right? It can change literally in the blink of an eye. So, yeah. although it's great news, contracts to me really don't matter. However, I hope he's here for many more episodes where we talk about Orient. At least episode 600, right? For another eight years. <laughs> well, you never know, do you? I mean, I'm pleased this has finally been announced. Richard mentioned it in a post-match interview about yeah. two or three weeks ago. So, pleased that it's finally been announced. A very promising manager for me with the right minerals to take us to at least League One, probably, possibly to the Championship. And I wonder if any of the players are going to follow him and commit themselves. But like you've just quite rightly pointed out, um, it's only a piece of paper. It only means that we get compensation should a team with big enough and deep enough pockets come knocking. Uh, and for us to not be able to to uh, to afford to turn that, that sort of offer down, it, money talks. 
I mean, that's a great point about the players because we're moving now into quite a pivotal point, I feel, for some renewals to come up. So we all know Paul Smith's out of contract at the end of the season. We know Lawrence Vigoro is, Dan Hackett. There's some big, big players in this starting eleven whose contracts will run out at the end of the summer. And I would imagine that there's contract negotiations going on now. Mm, or with at least agents. Yeah. With agents and the clubs. So I think Richie's signing and committing that probably, hopefully, might give players who might be still might be slightly unsure hopefully the extra bit of nudge over the line that it needs and possibly players like Elmiz who might be thinking you know I really like it here but I'm not sure if I should join because the manager might not be hopefully gives Elmiz that kind of security to go actually Richie's committed his future so if I did sign I know I'd be working with Richie hopefully for the next two or three yeah. years so but I, think Elmiz is a, I think Elmiz is a good example not to go off on too much of a tangent I was on an Ipswich uh, podcast doing an interview that will be out later uh, in the coming week uh, and I said look I don't know that Elmazuni's uh, I don't know, think Idris is necessarily championship ready and that seems to be where Ipswich are heading so I'm hoping that he'll be surplus to requirements and maybe tie himself to us in in, in January and do you know what I'd be inclined to play a, a transfer fee for him as well the impact that he has in the role that he does is, is beyond anything that I've seen in that role for many a year um, probably not since Stephen Dawson or Romain Vincelo to be honest with you and that's going back a few years so don't get players like him come along very often so when you do you've got to, you've got to grab them and keep them and, and as I say with it switch at the top of League to, uh, League 1 at the moment going into the Championship I don't know if he'd he'd be the right one that I don't know if he's ready for that sort of level, but you never know. Could be completely wrong. Could be. We'll see what happens. But great news nonetheless. Yourself, yeah. Sam, are very happy when that one got announced. So moving on in uh, to Wednesday, the thirtieth of November, we say Happy St Andrew's Day to all of our Scottish listeners. So we know this podcast gets listened to quite a lot in Scotland. So thank you to everyone who listens north of the border and we hope you all had a fantastic day celebrating St Andrew. Absolutely. Thursday the 1st of December then, the start of the month of Christmas, the ladies team announced a new home for their league fixtures for the remainder of the 22-23 season. That's going to be Buckhurst Hill FC. So anyone who is local to Buckhurst Hill can pop along. And if anyone doesn't know where that is, it's near the David Lloyd in Chigwell. Great stuff there. Moving on to Friday, the 2nd of December, and a handful of League 2 fixtures were played in the evening, but with the O's being five points clear, not even a 5-0 win for second-place Stevenage could knock the Orients off the top of the table. But I thought that was probably worth mentioning because it seems to put the onus back on us to win. So going into our game, it meant we were only two points ahead. Pretty convincing yeah. and a good performance there from Stevenage. I mean, they battered Barrow, who were fourth place. 5-0, so it meant that we had the opportunity to pull away more from fourth place as well. So it just meant the Bradford City game probably had a bit more impetus than what it might have had beforehand. Barrow were poor. I mean, the, the, the first two goals are absolutely fantastic goals, but the other three were, were really mistakes from their goalkeeper who, who had a bit of a nightmare. So not surprised, but look, you, if you get the chance, you've got to take them and, and Stevenage are not going away. You know, they're still doing what they need to be doing. And I did say that they would be a dark horse at the start of the season. So... For, you know, to that end, unfortunately, I'm being proved to be right at the moment. But um, hopefully, they they fade away. But um, you know, they're they're taking their chances and they're punishing teams quite badly. Probably worth mentioning at this point, Stephen. You've got quite a big cup tie in the FA Cup uh, to a Premier League team. So hopefully, that proves to be a distraction, uh, which we've seen happen before with certain league teams when they're playing the bigger teams. So hopefully. That provides a distraction for them. But enough about Stevenage. This is all about the O's. So we move on to Saturday, the 3rd of December, which was yesterday. 
and the young O's were in action. They were away at Watford and they lined up as follows with Phillips in goal, St. Louis, Aguimang, Ojo, Sinedu, Nalo, Welch, Clements, Nkrumah, Davies and Smith, Kouazin on the bench went Agustinis, Norman, Mohamed, Karoma, Sapanara, Samuel and Jutty. Yeah, Watford took the lead in the eighth minute from a corner and they doubled their lead nine minutes later as their player reacted first to a shot that came off the post and buried to make it 2-0. Dan Nkrumah pulled a goal back in the 82nd minute with a fine finish from close range but it wasn't enough to spur a comeback as the Young O's lost 2-1 to Watford. So unlucky to the Young O's there. Certainly worse. The main event was Bradford City at home as football was back at Brisbane Road for the first time in absolutely ages. And before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one. We had 171 votes and you voted as follows with only a minimal 4% of you thinking the O's would lose this one, which is fairly incredible. 27% of you thinking that this game would end in a draw and a whopping majority, a 69% of you thinking the O's would go and beat Bradford. And as always, thanks for all of your votes on our Twitter polls. Absolutely. Before the game, though, Paul Smith was awarded the Player of the Month Award for October and Goal of the Month Award for October as well, as he made it a double celebration. So, well done, Paul Smith. The accolades keep coming. And as I said, I think in our last show, it scares me that he's getting so many accolades Ah. uh, because it's drawing attention to him and he's in the last half of his contract now. So... He's obviously one we want to keep, want to tie down. Whether conversations have had, uh, how far advanced they are, whether he wants to stay, whether he wants to try his luck at a much higher level, much sooner, whether he's going to stay because of how good he's doing and where we're going and Richard committing. It's a lot, lot, lot of questions. January's going to be a big month for the O's, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah, I mean, this time last year we were raging uh, about Paul Smith being injured, getting married, and we, he wasn't our favourite person, it's better to say. So, so what, a great 12 months, what a great 12 months, Paul Smith. Yeah, what a turnaround. can only be used to credit the lad. Also, before the game, the Leighton Orient Trust and the Leighton Orient Fans Trust managed to get 38 bags of donations for Christmas hampers at the St. Church in Leighton. So well done to everyone involved in that. Well done to both the Trust and the Fans Trust. A lot of social media work went into that, a lot of hard work by both teams and it seems that they've got massively rewarded for that so well done to everyone involved in that collection absolutely now this was a 12.30 kickoff, so at half past 11 which is really unusual and it seems really weird to be saying that out loud the team was announced for Bradford it was Lawrence Vigrou in goal Jordan Brown Omar Beckles Dan Happy and Tom James were your back four Idris El Mazzouni Dan Prattley um, George Moncur Paul Smith, Theo Archibald and Charlie Kelman made the rest of the starting eleven Substitutes for this one, Sam Sargent, Shad Ogie, Jaden Sweeney, uh, Craig Clay, Ruel Soturiu, um, Jaden Wareham and uh, Aaron Drynan. They certainly did make up the bench. That meant that Richie Wenner's named an unchanged team from the side that won away at Stockport two weeks ago. That Stockport game feels like it was absolutely ages, ages yeah. ago, but only 14 days, kept the same lineup. So for me, as expected, I'd say, uh, my only literary notes were Hope Hunt is okay. 
the close to full fitness that we'll come on to a bit later on in the podcast. But no surprises for me. You, Mr. Levy? Yeah, strong enough and good enough to get a result, I thought. Um, you know, before the game, I thought it would be a draw. But actually having seen that, and I do like an unchanged side, especially a winning one, um, I thought it was strong enough uh, to go and get the result. Uh, obviously, as I was, uh, I was proved right. But uh, yeah, you never know before the game, do you? You absolutely never know. So the match kicked off at 12.30 with the O's looking to continue their great form at the top of the table against the Bradford City side managed by Mark Hughes who occupied a playoff place and were unbeaten in their last eight away league game. So we knew this was going to be a tough game going into it. Bradford brought a large crowd as they would do anyway. Obviously, it's a very busy Brisbane road due to the promotion uh, and the ticket pricing that the club had. So we knew it was going to be a good atmosphere and we knew it was going to be a massive game. Yeah, we did. Absolutely did. They they made uh, made themselves heard in the first sort of ten twenty as well. Charlie Kelman won a free kick just outside the box in the third minute, but George Monker tried to be clever with the resulting free kick. Unfortunately, it didn't quite come off. The ball ended up coming off the wall. Yeah, I think it's fair to say Bradford started the better of the two teams they in the did. eighth minute. They had a penalty shout after Omar Beckles' challenge of Scott Banks go down in the box. There was a long pause, but the referee gave a goal kick that was right in front of us I think we've seen those ones given before I'd be furious if that was the other way around <laughs> I'd be furious I think Omar Beckles can count his lucky stars and say his prayers that that did not get given as a penalty and Darren Drysdale was the referee and he's notoriously poor and and, and lacking good judgement but we've had a huge let off there uh, and I'm grateful to uh, uh, to him for that. Ten minutes on the clock now from an O's goal kick. We tried to play it out from the back and were nearly caught out as we lost possession. Cook had a strike high and wide over the bar. Omar Beckles again at the front and centre of that, but I think feel that he was played into that dangerous position. I can't yeah, very dangerous exactly. pass. First ten minutes, Bradford all over us, not, not giving us any time to settle. On the board, that one was of our own making there, a bit very panicky, and you know we could have got punished quite easily. Yeah. There, quite lucky to get away with it there with a penalty shout and giving away a chance. We got through it. Let's skip forward into the 20th minute. It's Jordan Brown stung Lewis's hands. He had a decent shot from distance. He fumbled it originally, Lewis, but recovered fairly straightforwardly to get the ball into his grasp. He did, but the O's took the lead in the 25th minute. We weathered their 20-minute storm. Grew into the game. Idris Elmazuni intercepted the ball following a long ball out from Bradford's back line. He played it to Theo Archibald and he played a lovely reverse pass through into the feet of Charlie Kelman. He beat the offside trap. He rounded Lewis and passed the ball into the net to make it 1-0 to the Mighty O's. Lovely goal. Really well taken by Kelman. Really cool head. Beautifully rounded the keeper. And what a great ball from Theo Archibald as well. Beat the offside trap that ball uh, okay. and we've seen him missed before I think it's fair yeah. to say um, so really happy that great from Theo and a great goal from Kelman Kelman's first goal in absolutely ages his, I think they said on ITV3 and I didn't double check it it was his first goal since late August I mean that's a hell of a long time not to score a goal a but great to have him now score and hopefully that gives him the confidence going into next weekend's game as he seems to be the first choice number nine again yeah, he seems to have played his way back into the squad and to be that first choice. And I can't help but think that's partly down to his um, his hard work ethic that seems to allow others to 
to be brought into play. But um, that's a, that's an interesting stat. His last goal was against uh, Hartlepool on the 27th of August. So, yeah, um, it has been a long enough time for him to wait. I thought that was fantastic from El Mazzuni, actually, doing what he does best, read the game really well, being in the right place at the right time, intercepted the pass, getting us back on the front foot, going from defence to offence really, really quickly. Um, superb from Theo, as you've said, and, and Charlie still had a lot to do. He still had to get his composure and his balance and still had a lot to get past Lewis. Lewis is a big boy. When he was down our end at the south end, you know, you could see he's a really tall, sort of wide, wide guy as well. So that shouldn't be underestimated, I think, how difficult a chance that actually was. And Charlie did superbly well, and he absolutely deserves that uh, for all his hard work. Um, 27 minutes on the clock, Theo Archibald was penalised for a foul just outside the box. The ball was swung in from the left, evaded everyone, including a couple of late attempts from Bradford players trying to get on the end of it. So a bit of a let-off there because we all seemed to stop, but they carried on. I think sometimes in a season, and I think it's happened quite a few times this season already, that you know things are going to go your way quite early on. Yes, agree. With them having a penalty shell not given, yeah. Cook burying those chances most of the season and whacking it over from our own mistake, from us taking it out of one chance and from them not getting on the end of that free kick, I felt, you know, that was only 27 minutes gone, that it was going to be our day, like already. And that's happened quite a lot already. Agree. Yeah, the on our side. So yeah, things were get to get even better as just four minutes later in the 31st minute, we won a corner. And from that corner, George Moncler played a short pass to Tom James on the edge of the box. Tom James took one touch and then curled the ball beautifully into the top left hand bins of the net, straight past Lewis. Keeper, no chance. And it was 2 0 to the O's. What a. Goal. I mean, that's done the rounds on social media from Skybet League Two, and uh, and everyone's just been picking up on that. That's with his league weaker left foot as well. Great set piece routine. Clearly, stuff that they've been doing on the training ground. It's it's come off, come off twice because it happens later on in the game as well that Bradford didn't pick Tom up uh, at a, uh, um, in another set piece. We did fantastic goal. Another contender for goal of the month, maybe even goal of the season. It's going to be a difficult one for the boys to choose. An end of season roundup might be twenty goals this season rather than the customary ten. I mean, the goals this season have just been outrageous. It's, that was only the third of December, and there's a lot of football to be played in December. So, exactly. In, in any other season, that probably takes goal of the month, but I'm not committing to that at no. all at the moment because there's been some outrageous goals. Yeah. The thing I really like about that goal is when it hits the net, the roar of the crowd to go in almost in awe of it. You almost hear the loudness of the roar in terms of. Bloody hell, that was a great goal. But yeah, yeah, no keeper was getting near that at all. No keeper in the Premier League would have got near that. It's great to see Tom James. Had a fairly tough time recently, I'd say. He's been a bit criticised in defence. Yeah, he's uh, been a little bit wobbly. As left back, this Jordan Brown is now right back. Uh, but that's what he can do for you. And I bet Richie Wellens is sitting there rubbing his hands, right? He's got Jordan Brown, who's playing great right yeah. back. Tom James left back. He's got Rob Hunt, who's been great this season, who will be coming back from injury. And we've got Jaden Sweeney, who's not done badly at all when he's coming. So, real competition for those fullback places. So, uh, a lovely hit from Tom James there. With his weaker left foot as well. Yeah. And absolutely. Lewis is a big, as I said earlier, he's a big guy. So, for him to top bins that past Lewis from distance shows you just how good a quality of goal that is. And he Fantastic deserves goal. every plaudit that he gets for that. Well worth it. Brilliant stuff. So, 42nd minute in, well worked set piece. Swung into Paul Smith. He headed 
almost made it free. Dan Hacker was flagged for offside. He hit the post of his ever, but it wouldn't have counted anyway. One minute of additional time was played with nothing further to report as the O's went in 2 0 up at the break. We had a few tweets that came in. Guy Incognito uh, said, We're bloody well going up, kids, with a big smiley face. He did. AKA Big Lash tweeted us, said, Tom James is having his own goal of the season yeah. contest, as is the normal. Let's say very happy did. fans at half time. Very much so. The attendance was announced at 8,600. And 71 with 1,244 away fans. I have to say, that did look like a really big crowd yesterday. All the stands pretty full, um, barring a few bits and pieces here and there. So that was really good, I thought, as well. Yeah, it's great to see the club do some great work with the ticket promotions. Bradley yeah. City, very well supported. As always, we're going to pack out that away end. So no change at half-time for the O's. In the 51st minute, George Monker broke away on the counter-attack. He was taken out just outside the box. Up stepped Tom James, looking for his second of the match. He hit a free kick on target, got a slight deflection off the wall. Lewis had no idea where the ball was, hit his arm, basically, and managed to divert the ball onto the bar and away from goal. Lucky, lucky boy. Really lucky. Superb effort from James there, but yeah. Lewis was very, very lucky there. Just a reflex that he put his arm out and he caught it and managed to stop it from going in. 54 minutes then, another uh, George Monker-led counter-attack saw him feed Theo Archibald in and from a good position, his shot was saved by Lewis. I mean, this is one of the three chances, isn't it, that arguably should have put us three, four, five up. Um, he would be disappointed to have missed that. I think you could see it on his face as well. Yeah, he tries to pass it into the net side mm. foot. He should just put places through it into the far corner. Absolutely right. right. Easy said than done, right? We're sitting there yep. behind it in the spot stand and he's the one there doing the hard work. But yeah, he'll be disappointed not to put that into the back of the net. So on the hour mark, then Paul Smith capitalised on a poor Bradford pass as they were trying to play it up from the back. Paul Smith played a lovely ball into Charlie Kelman, who again beat the offside trap. But this time he shot early and it was saved by the on-rushing Lewis. Yeah, deserved that goal. Should have scored. Again, I think he'll probably be a bit disappointed that, that he's not, not bagged another one. Yeah, he had, I think he probably had a bit more time than what he realised as well. Could have probably gone round Lewis or maybe got a better angle, but a decent save there by Lewis, nonetheless. So in the 66th minute, Bradford made their first substitutions on mass, and we're only mentioning it as we saw the return of former O's striker Lee Angle, and he had a chance in the 70th minute. But headed over the bar. So, um, you know, Leanne Goal spent two years at the O's. I think it's say it wasn't the best two years. Definitely wasn't the worst two He's years. He's injured for a lot of it. Injured for a lot of it. I think COVID played a part in the second season for the most part. But the thing that I think probably worth mentioning, he got booed quite a bit. And I don't really know why. As far as I know, he's not come on and said he had a bad time or not criticised the club. I just think it's a bit... In tactful at points. I've seen it happen with quite a few ex-Orient players the last couple of years. Danny Johnson, for example, who I, I guess you could say, well, he rejected the new contract. But even so, thought um, a bit harsh yesterday that the angle got such a, a loud boo. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. It is a shame. Look, it, it's not that he, you know he didn't try; he did his best for us, but you know it just didn't it just didn't come off for him. Unfortunately, it, you know it is what it is. He, he he didn't sort of have a particularly prolific season in his last one. I think he scored two goals in I don't know fifteen or twenty games that he played for us. So yeah, obviously not 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 the highlight reel that he would have wanted. But you know th there should be no malice there. He's moved on. Don't think he got a particularly 
great contract at Bradford from what I got told. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, but I'm sure he's probably on a better contract now. But um, yeah, it's, it's a 70th minute substitution or 68th yeah. minute uh, substitution. So tells you all you need to know. Certainly does. Loads of O's subs coming up now. 71st minute, the first O sub is Charlie Calvin was replaced by Aaron Drynan. Yeah, three minutes later, second sub as George Moncur was replaced by Craig Clay. 82nd minute, third Orient sub as Paul Smith was replaced by El Sotirio. Yeah, 85 minutes on the clock now. Craig Clay did superbly to drive forwards uh, towards goal. He ended up winning a corner. Theo Archibald took it. It went out to Tom James, who was about 20 yards out. His goal-bound volley ended up um, hitting a group of bodies inside the box, and the ball bobbled around, and I think Drynan got the final touch as it uh, prodded it towards Ruel Satoriu, who swivelled and shot from close range to make it game, set and match, and a 3-0 scoreline to the mighty O's. And well done, Ruel. He's come on as a sub. He's not had a, a run in the side. And maybe this is his role now. He's a super sub. He can come on, be in that box, be the body in the box. He knows to sniff out a goal. He knows where the goal is. He knows how uh, the ball knows how to find its way to, to him. And he's just in the right place at the right time. It's not the first time he's done that. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's Ruel's role now rather than a starter. Yeah, good point. When the luck's going your way, it's going your way right. It could have hit any amount of bodies and got cleared, just forces it to you from that close range. He takes it very nicely to put the uh, candle on the proverbial cake. But in the 88th yeah. minute, it could have been even better. It's good pressing from the O's. So Bradford turnover possession. Theo Archibald got in on goal and a decent chance presented itself, but he put it wide. Should have been another one there, but uh, should have been four for us. Uh, but never mind. Four minutes of added time were played and with no further action to report Darren Drysdale who actually I thought had had a really good game for once it's not often that you talk about Darren Drysdale and good game and put those uh, words in the same sentence in that order um, uh, I thought he'd done well they were trying lots of fouls lots of feigning and, and he wasn't having any of it and I was really pleased about that he ended up bringing the match to a close as rocking all over the world was a game blaring out across Brisbane Road as Richie Wellens and the team applauded the fans to the sound of we've got super Richie Wellens. It certainly did. So Richie Wellens spoke today, Victor, after the game. We're going to play the first uh, couple of minutes just to give you a bit of an insight to what Richie had to say. So here's Richie talking to Dave Victor. Oh, hold on. Let's start that one again, shall we? Technology for you. Right. Richie, thanks for joining us. Congratulations. A comprehensive victory over a very good side. Yeah, really good team. Started first 15, 20 minutes really well. Um, and then we grew into the game and, and, and was pretty good for a 10-minute spell. We, we obviously got the goal and then we grew from that. Um, I think second half of time was really, really exciting. Some good goals and um, a good win against a, an opponent that will be right amongst it at the end of the season. I, I like them. I think they're a really good team. Um, they're just going through a little bit of, of a blip, which most teams go through. Um, <coughs> but yeah, they'll be, they'll be right up there at the end of the season. Charlie Kelman has worked so hard, he deserved that goal, didn't he? He does, and listen, <coughs> he doesn't bother me. I like my strikers to score goals, don't get me wrong. But they set a precedent for our team. And if they're doing the, the, the things that we want them, whatever we highlight to do, and they're doing them week in, week out, then there's no, there's no coincidence that we keep a load of clean sheets, the wingers get goals. Um, 
and that's because of the work rate of our number nine and whether it be it must be horrible for the opposition when for 65 minutes Charlie Kelman has run himself into the ground and then we make a substitution he's no let off drilling comes on and does exactly the same so um, yeah it was a, a really good performance by Charlie I assume you work hard on that set piece for the second we actually was a little bit I've got to give, give Royce here a bit of credit, a lot of credit, because um, he actually said that we can play that pass and score. I disagreed with him. I felt we needed to narrow the angle a little bit and sit it for, for Kelman running round the back. So, so um, yeah, credit to, credit to Royce. There could have been others before that goal from Walsh in the closing stages. He could. Charlie could have had one or two more. Um, Theo could have had one. <coughs> Paul Smith could have had one. Um, but I just think you, everybody contributed to a really, really strong performance. Every, every single member of the team thought Vigoru was outstanding in his kicking second half. Um, every time he, he, you know, he proper kicked through it and, and made sure that our midfield players were on the front foot for a second ball rather than being on the back foot with a, with a, with a sloppy kick. Thank you very much indeed, Dave Victor, as always, for sharing that with us. And he speaks a lot of sense, doesn't he? You know, he's right, Lawrence Vigoru's kicking was, was spot on and, and, and it allowed us to get on the front foot all the time. Certainly did. I'm very happy, Richie Wellens, and expectantly so after that result. So that three points meant the O's still at the top of League Two, play 20, unbelievably 115, drawn three, lost two, goal difference plus 21, and taking a 48 points from a possible 60, which is quite a ludicrous, ludicrous stat there on the league table. So, Bid Lejande, your views on Bradford City yesterday? Yeah, so my son Theo thought here, when everyone asked him what he thought the score was going to be, he's, he's telling everyone he thinks it's going to be 2 0. And I thought that's a bit ambitious. What does he know? He's only four. Um, and I, I thought, in, you know, my gut was, was probably a draw. So I'm absolutely delighted uh, with this result and the all round performance and the fact that Theo nearly got it, got it predicted right. Um, what a brilliant game. Bradford set up well against us initially. Strong press, got the ball uh, to their wide men, tried to come at us. But as I said to a few around us, you know, they won't be able to keep that level of pressure up for 90 minutes and they will tire. And true to that, they didn't. When we scored our first, it seemed to take the wind out of their sails a little bit and we were always on the up from there on in. Lawrence Vigru probably had one of the quietest games he's ever had, uh, barring a few you know, standard catches and... and uh, goal kicks. Second half, we created by far the better chances. Unfortunately, we didn't take them. It could have been a four or five goal um, scoreline. Um, as I say, Viggs barely had anything to do. Special mention to Jordan Brown, who's a midfielder playing at right back. Like, absolutely outstanding. He did so, so well. But again, that's not the first time he's played there um, either. So he's a really strong, consistent uh, player for us. And, and obviously, part of the uh, largely unsuccessful transfer window uh, earlier this year. He seems to be the the shining light uh, off of that. Uh, second highest goal scored uh, and the least conceded goals in the entire league. We've won three quarters of our games and with only two losses in 20, a dozen clean sheets in the league. I mean, you could just stat, stat, stat all day long uh, about how good this is. I've never known anything like it in the... This is what our ninth season now that we've been doing this podcast, and I don't know that we've been able to say that ever. So this is clearly a groundbreaking season for us as podcasters, and um, you know, just just carry on, just just see how we get and see what happens in January. It's going to be a super interesting January ahead of us. Hope so. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think that win has capped off quite an incredible first twenty games of the season. I think in Rishi's 
uh, contract interview, he said he was aiming for top seven and, you know, the team have far exceeded his expectations. And I remember saying on this podcast, I thought we'd be up there for automatic based on the signings, but I didn't think we'd be top by five points. I didn't think we'd be 14 points clear of fourth place. I mean, it's it's astonishing, really. It's really astonishing, but in the best possible way. For me, there's quite a few things I really enjoyed about the win in particular. Firstly, the fact that it'd be really comfortable once we want to go up. And I said to you, what we were talking about, a missed chance for Bradford in the 27th. It was really comfortable, never worried. And it's been very rare that you can say that sitting at Brisbane Road. Uh, I think we defended well all over the pitch from front to back. Beckles and Happy centre-backs were fantastic. Again, you mentioned Jordan Brown. I thought he'd done a great job. I think Tom James looked more like his normal self after his goal uh, all over the pitch. i got to say, we'll praise Paul Smith as well. He's been quiet in the last two games for his standards. doesn't matter, though, because when you've got the amount of quality in the team, Paul Smith can be quiet. If Theo Archibald's going to play those little deep balls through to Kelman, he's going to take his chance. And if is going to keep pushing forward and Happy's going to be so good at centre-back, then Paul Smith can have an off-game. And that means the next time someone has an off-game, hopefully Paul Smith doesn't. And so the quality will will bank you through. I always thought the atmosphere on the ground yesterday was spectacular. Didn't stop singing the entire game. A few new player songs that I hadn't heard before. Charlie Kelman, Ryan on Jingle Bells was a new one on me. I love the Darren Prattley song. There were songs about Vigaru. There were songs about pretty much a lot of players that I hadn't heard before. And it's a real happy uh, ground. And I think the most pleasing part for me, it seems like now we're really starting to believe now that Orient can do something special this yeah. season. I think still a very, very long way to go in the season. But after 20 games, what a position we put ourselves in now. Like we've said, incredible 48 points from 60 is just the most beautiful start I think we've had on this podcast. Not even when we won the National League, we had that many wins in such a short space of time. There were lots of draws, if you remember. Uh, not as many clean sheets. And you look at the table now and you look at it and go, it would have to be a, quite a catastrophic run we would have to go on to not be up there now at the end of the season I know there's only 20 games and there's 26 games still to be played but given how well it's gone so far it would have to be an immense drop off or a really really bad three or four months to make us not get to where we want to be so yeah absolutely incredible also worth mentioning I was on a video podcast with a Bradford City fan called Chris from the City event which is a real good Bradford podcast he messaged us Yesterday, after the game, I said, you boys are taking the title. He said, I can't see any other thing other than Orient winning the league. So it's also not being lost on opposition fans, how well we're in a play against them, which is a real, for a Bradford City fan to turn around mm. and say, you're going to win the league is quite a, quite a statement. So, yeah, as we sit here, bid Lejande, 4th of December, England about to hit the quarterfinals of the World Cup, Orient top of League 2. Life is beautiful. Absolutely. Apart from, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apart from the flu bug doing the rounds, but otherwise, all good. So those were our views. We had a huge amount of feedback after this match. Uh, so thanks to everyone who sent their views to our social media accounts. And again, we're going to try and read as many as we can, but just because we read them, it doesn't mean we agree with them. And uh, one of the voices of Orient Live, Matty H L O F C tweeted and said 14 points referring to the gap between us and fourth spot unbelievable but isn't it to see sunshine lofc tweeted us again straight after the game so a very comfortable win against a decent bradford side what's not to like true that 
Trousers Techno said another consummate performance after the first 15 and where it was almost complete control. Now, let's try and sort those slow starts out and we'll be cooking with gas. Yeah, good point there. A bit like the England game tonight, you know, against a better side or more side who are on it, that 15 or 20 minutes spell could kill you. We started slow away to stop Paul. Uh, and when it goal down early and the Vig's great save made it uh, made 2-0 not happen and yesterday we could have easily been a goal down in the first 15 or 20 minutes so yeah good point there from Trousers Techno painting Orient tweeted us and said a stunning pretty complete performance against what is a strong League 2 team Happy was an absolute rock again and with all the team chipping in Bradford didn't know what hit them so true so true James B 59704959 said Bradford played well had two or three decent chances but didn't take them. When we got the second, we relaxed and took control. Bradford still looked dangerous, but we did miss some sitters to have made it safe much earlier. Good point. It's 2-0 down as Orient fans. You need a third, right, just to calm the nerves a little bit. Yeah. We've all been there. We know that's like. Matty LOFC Evans said, Bradford spurred the chances they had. We were clinical. That's the difference between a team challenging for the playoffs and a team challenging for the title. Good, Good point. point. Good point. Wrecker Blue App said, Bradford spurned the chances. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, one Adam Conway said, anyone seen Hughes's gloves? Referring to him throwing his gloves and I think he's having a bit of a hissy fit. I think it's fair to say Mark Hughes wasn't uh, Darren Drysdale's biggest fan um, yesterday. <laughs> it's fair to say. Dave M1812. So that was a marquee win against another team that will be there at the end of the season. Finally, the main strikers have scored. If we get more of that, we will be okay. But nitpicking, we will get punished if we keep dwelling on the ball at the back. Was I the only one screaming for James to hit that ball first time? You might have been Dave, but you hit it into the top bins, mate, so don't worry about it. There you go. Leon Othan said, despite the three goals, it was the defensive display that was most pleasing for me. From pressing the goalkeeper to midfield interceptions and the two or three defenders covering whenever they got into the attacking third. Good point. Orient fan CVs and a good to see you yesterday, Luke. Yeah. Southdown superb performance against one of the so-called big teams in League Two. Good shift by everyone. Highlight of the day: we've seen the Marcus tantrum on the <laughs> touchline. This team now we've got is so special. Starting to believe. Kyle Fear zero one said a shaky start by but followed by a brilliant performance. Couldn't fault anyone today after those first few minutes. Made it look relatively easy. I'm hearing rumours we only need twelve more wins. For promotion. Let's just get over the line first and then we can let's talk see, about it. Let's see words. what it's like nearer the time, eh? Let's not get yeah. ahead of ourselves. Dave Brew 47976911 said that one was seriously good performance. And in midfield, Prattley, Monker and Elmis were superb. I think Bradford can honestly say that they could have lost by five or six easily. We are looking very, very good. Well done, Richie and the boys. Fantastic. Phil VZ1 said, comprehensive win. Never look back following the first goal. Immense performance from Prattley as always. So good that we could afford a rare quiet day from Paul Smith. Absolutely. Dan Alton, 2590. Statement win. Great performance barring the first 10 minutes and we should have won by more. But after all that, half the home crowd left before the players done their mini lap of honour, which was disappointing. This side is something special. It's only 2.30. What are you rushing home for? <laughs> Very true. It was cold. Orion underscore Ed said, <laughs> safe to say, I didn't see this coming. We were excellent from start to finish and made a Bradford side that are so good away from home look very ordinary. Great goal again from Tom James and very impressed with Kelman's composure. Big shout out for Theo, who never stopped running. Great shout. Yeah, deserved the goal yesterday, did Theo. Maybe next week, hopefully. Casey Adams, LOFC, 
It's his biggest win of the season so far. I didn't I know that, so a good point from Casey. And also, it's another plus three on that goal difference already. Yeah. So quite a substantial big win yesterday. Yeah, because they're you know arguably the biggest budget in the league. Mark Hughes, big big name manager. Um, and you'd arguably think that they'd be up there in the top three, but you know football isn't played on paper, so that's why they're not. Samuel LOFC ninety seven said proper team performance. That not one player off the boil at all. Hoping there's no recall clause for El Miz. I thought Jordan Brown had another stellar game out of position at right back, turning into Mister Reliable. Certainly, it reminds me of Scott Cuthbert, who was the centre back who went right back. And- yeah. Stole my heart many moons ago. <laughs> Save hands, zero, zero. So 15 wins from the first 20 games. Have we ever done that before? So consistent. And yet another clean sheet. Very happy Saturday. Now, I don't know. I can't answer that question. I don't think we've ever done 15 out of 20 before. I'm sure someone like Martin Strong will be listening to this and might be able to tell us in that direction. I know, obviously, the Justin era... We didn't lose uh, for the first 13 games, but I'm pretty sure we didn't win 15 out of 20. But if anyone's listening... And those, feel free to feedback to us. That'd be quite an interesting stat. Yeah, interesting that would be one for like Sunshine LOFC or Brian Barker or um, Davis Watson, who's uh, the historian. Um, there, or some someone somewhere will know, I'm sure, or Julian uh, Lillington will probably know that. Mister underscore T eighty two said enjoyed the game. Bradford missed their chance when we were half asleep for the first fifteen minutes. But after that, it was a good game and could have gone either way for a bit, but we got the crucial first goal, second goal killed them, and the second half was the easiest 45 minutes of football that we've had this season. Wow. Yeah, good tweet there, John McNobo. So, best performance and best result of the season. We've got Richie signed. Now, let's get Smith's new contract signed and get Elmis signed up in January. I may be living in dream world with that one. But he is a class. Daniel underscore D44 said, A complete team performance. Other than the first 10 minutes, we bossed that game. Our midfield dominated our defence yet again. Barely looked like conceding. 14 points clear of fourth after 20 games is beyond anything I could have dreamed. And James scored another weldy. He certainly did. Gorillas, 1985. So what a complete performance. Rode out their early pressure and made the game safe. Could have and should have scored more. Every player, 8 out of 10 or above. Kelman, my man of the match. Top scorer in the league, though, was bullied by Dan Happy and Bethwood. And clearly, Paul Sun and me are good luck charms. Yes, absolutely. Although my father-in-law is also staking claim to being a good luck charm because he's not seen us lose either. Good to see you, Lee. And also, uh, thanks to Amelia Harris for the ticket uh, yesterday. Very much appreciated. And to everyone that got in touch with me yesterday to help me get a ticket to a pretty much sold out game so much appreciated to the Orient community there at Boats he said what a brilliant performance from everyone in an OSHA Vigs won't have many quiet games but today was one of them we're really starting to show why we're up there if we can get through the grind as Richie says then the P word can be mentioned uh, Vince Howard 73 said I'm obviously underestimating how good we are as I thought today's game was going to be tougher than it was but saying that a few hairy moments in the first 10 but once we calmed down, some of our football was sublime. Billy Carroll GB said, best performance of the season so far. Shaky first 15, but once we score, we control the game. Dan Happy was outstanding again. He hasn't put a foot wrong all season. Kelman, Brown and Elmiz, superb as usual. What a time to be an Orient fan. We look unstoppable. Lots of plaudits for Dan Happy. I'd love to know what Dan Rightly. Happy does in the summer, like what his headspace was and how he got to where he is. Completely turn around from someone who was really good 
who's now gone up a level, maybe even two or three levels. Absolutely superb yesterday. Steve Diak won. The most dominant performance I've seen from the O's this season. We can sometimes struggle against teams playing more direct, whereas Bradford tried to play the same possession game as us, but was second best. Yeah, Les LK52. Good to see you as well yesterday, Les. I'll let everyone else comment on the game, but just to say two things. Number one, George Moncur today was excellent. Our version of Paul Gascoigne. And number two, this is the best team I've seen since the 69-70 title-winning side. That is some statement. That's high praise indeed. I thought Moncur had done well yesterday. I thought he grew into the game, especially second half, where he got kind of more forward and was able to get a few drive runs. Still think he gets a bit bullied off the ball or moans a bit too much. At one point where he went down yesterday, and I was like, mate, get up. And he kind of stayed down. Yeah. But I think Moncur will only get stronger as the season goes on. I think there's a lot more to come. From George, but a great point there from Les. Len M4, so their most complete performance of the season. Bradford started like they were in business, and after 20 minutes, they couldn't get a glove on us. The next month could be promotion to Barnum, and we've just cruised past one of the favourites for it. Yeah, Gibbsy ESP, that's a new one for me, so welcome to the podcast. think we can officially start to get excited now against a strong team. At times, we were sublime, sublime, but supporting the O's for a hell of a long time. This is the most entertaining I can remember them. Love, Super Richie. Yeah, Ben Ben, 1980. So that was another complete performance. We are getting spoiled now. Must say, well done to the ref. Bradford tried to mimic Wimbledon from a few weeks back for a short while, but the ref saw this and they stopped trying. The win is Jordan Brown going to get his overdue goal yet again when so close. Penultimate word this week goes to SR Barber, 1986, who said, love, love, love this team. Apart from the first 10 minutes, we bossed a decent team and could have won by more. After his stunning goal, Tom James looked more like himself as my man of the match. One loss in 20, amazing stuff. Just to correct you on that show, it's two in 20. But Still what, what a correction to be making. We've only lost two goals, yeah. two games, sorry, in, tw- in 20. Amazing. Uh, Orient Meat Pie. Uh, No, it's 10%. 10%, yeah. 10%, sorry, yeah. Orient Meat Pie, final word this week. Kept it short, but summed it up beautifully. He said, absolutely superb throughout the entire team. Superb defensively, dominating midfield, and sharp up front. Possibly our most complete performance all season. Statement made there, yeah. So those were... All the views, well, many of the views that came into our social media accounts. Let us know if you agree or disagree with any of those tweets that we've read out. Let us know what you think by tweeting us. We're at or in Outlook. You can email us if you're not on social media. That's fine. Or in Outlook at Outlook.com. Thanks to everyone who does email us in. Sorry, we're a little bit slow at getting back to people, but we do get back to you. Eventually, we're also on Instagram. We're or in underscore Outlook underscore podcast. Search or in Outlook podcast. Three separate words on Facebook and you can messenger uh, message us on there. We're not on TikTok or Snapchat or any of those other funky ones that are out there. Just those ones is more than enough for us to manage. Uh, all right, so Carol Langley Flores prediction league update. So hopefully you all know by now. Carol Langley Flores to uh, an established business based in Chingford, specialising in bespoke flowers, sourced from the finest growers in the world and they can do anything from a simple thank you to weddings, bar mitzvahs, any events they can help you with. And they also offer 15% off to all O's fans and staff, which will give you a hefty saving on whatever you want to get. Now they are stocking, and very importantly, they get got some wonderful Christmas trees in and some door reefs in there, and that 15% applies to all of their Christmas items. So get yourself down there, 
and get yourself a lovely discount off some great Christmas stuff. So to get in touch with John and a fantastic team, you can give them a call on 0208 529 or they can be found on social media on Twitter at Carol Langley E4 or John can be found at Essex Biz on Twitter. They're also on Instagram at Carol Langley Florist and they're also on Facebook at Carol Langley Florist as well. Absolutely. So well done to Tim Scales, Alex LOFC, Phil VZ1 and Nino Barone who correctly predicted 3-0. You guys all get three points but extra special props go to Lismore underscore Ian and James B 59704959 who also correctly predicted the score and one scorer and get four points. So that means the top of the prediction league is as follows. Yeah, so 26 points, we've got that tall O's fan. On 19 points, David Landau, 17. 17 points, O's fan Basin. And 16 points, Ben Whitlock, 13. And as always, thanks to everyone who made their predictions in our prediction league. So let's move on then as we wrapped up Saturday to Sunday, the 4th of December. And it was Theo's Christmas party at the club today as staff and players met fans young and old had some food and some entertainment so if you were there I hope you had a great day I was meant to be but unfortunately due to illness in the house unfortunately I gutted to have missed that one out never mind yeah I've seen some photos already so it's like everyone had a great time from what I've seen so far also uh, today the ladies were in action in the afternoon against AFC Leighton big big matches one as it was a top of the table clash in the greater London Women's Football League we are delighted to say the O's won the game 4-1 with uh, goals from Rosfold, Taylor Newsham and a double from Feldman. So well done to the ladies. I've got no idea how long this podcast has begun on for, but at whatever time it is, let's wrap up this bad boy. 56, just coming up to 57 minutes now. So let's wrap this up then. There's no further fantasy football update, so nothing has changed because of the World Cup. So let's do uh, the positives and negatives. I'll take the first two then. Uh, which are another win and a clean sheet. Um, and we've got some different goal scorers, so we're sharing the burden of the uh, of the goal-scoring responsibility. Yeah, I think the biggest positive by Marv still is the fact we are top of the league by five points. A very, very strong goal difference now, plus 21. And let's also add on the ladies' win this weekend. So six positives, all lovely and beautiful. And for once... Absolutely zero negative. If you're being picky, you can say the youth team losing, but let's not be picky. Let's say there are no negatives on this episode of the Orient Outlook podcast. Absolutely. So the Carol Langley Florists Hero of the Week. We put this to the public vote on Twitter, and the nominees that we put forward were Theo Archibald, Idris El Mazzuni, Dan Happy, and Tom James. Now, Worth pointing out, we only do for because we do it on a Twitter poll. Now, we could start going all off-piste and do it on Facebook and on Google Workspace to get more nominees, but it, basically, long story short, too much hassle, so let's only stick it on Twitter, where our biggest audience is. I think we had a few uh, tweets about Moncur, I think Beckles, uh, a few tweets saying he should have been included, but those were the four who we thought should have been picked. Better say Dan Prattley could have easily been nominated as well. There were that many, yeah. many performances all over the pitch. I mean, who would have thought we're moaning because... We can't nominate enough nominations yeah. for Hero. What a nice position to be in. Could have been any one of the 14 that came on. It could have been any one of them, really, um, that we could have put up. Um, but we didn't because we couldn't. Uh, and the winner, with 41%, uh, sorry, with 40% of the vote, beating second place Idris El Mazzuni, who was on 35% of the vote, is. It was Dan Prattley. 
Dan happy. So well done, Dan. Lots of tweets about Dan. We were kind of raving about him during the episode. Fantastic to see. So well done, Dan happy. And a long way that one continues. So next week's fixtures in. There's just one fixture coming up this week. We travel back up to Crew on Saturday, the 10th of December. So remember this one, Crew knocked us out of the FA Cup last month. They hosted Newport on Friday night. They lost 2-1, currently 15 in League 2. And worth remembering, this one, folks, 1pm kickoff. So our prediction league tweet will be out at 10am on Saturday for this one. Their last six, they've won two, drawn two, lost two. If you're going, have a safe journey. Like I said before, I was on a, a crew podcast called the Railway Men Podcast. Crew seemed to be an absolute free-for. All of their panel predicted a heavy, heavy defeat for crew on Saturday. I was neutral. I said one all, like I always do when I'm on any other opposition podcast. I'm not going to say I'm going to win, because I never do that. I said one all, but it's fair to say crew fans deeply concerned about their team's performances uh, this season, and yeah. they can only see one winner. So I hope those crew fans are correct. Yeah, and of their last six, they've only won two, they've drawn two, but they've also lost two. So it's not as terrible as what they might make out but um you know to win two in six is is clearly not the, the the strongest of form that you need going in uh to the midway point of the season so as a sponsorship reminder don't forget if you're thinking of moving home keep it in the orient family save a few quid by using trusted estate agents town and country essex give them a call on 01279 883 or 07528 471 497 or contact T and C Harlow or at Charlie underscore Paul on Twitter. So that is it. That is it indeed. Thanks to everyone for joining us for episode 302 after a two week break. It was a quiet two weeks at the O's with the footballing world all watching the World Cup. But Richie, the staff, and the team all kept going. And on Saturday, we all saw another excellent result as the O's bumped Bradford City at home, beating them 3 0 to make it an amazing 48 points from an available 60 as the Orient Express rolled on five points clear at the top of League 2. And with just one match to play this week, Richie and his team can get the boys ready for the trip to crew and hopefully this time next week we'll be talking about another O's win on the Orient's outlook podcast absolutely so if you're listening on itunes please subscribe give the podcast a five-star rating we really appreciate it it does help other fans to find us so that they can learn about the o's as well give us a review on whatever platform you get your podcast from and if you're listening on soundcloud spotify TuneIn, or stitcher add us to your favorites and that way you'll have the podcast available as soon as we upload them we're also on smart speakers the fan hub app uh, so listening really couldn't be any easier than it is if you've got an older relative a loved one a friend who's got a passing interest in the o's who you think would be interested grab their phone download the podcast for them and pass the pod yeah based on yesterday's attendance at the 7500 orient fans so a lot of some newcomers so if you took a newcomer or a fan from another club get this podcast in yes. their ears and get them converted to the O. So we'll be back with episode 303 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week, and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.